up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackle, and it is Thursday, October 15th, and already a busy, busy day on the news front, so I have some updates for you here on COVID-19. Yay! And Le'Veon Bell. Yay! <laughs> so we'll get to those in a couple minutes, but uh, first, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Ah, uh, you know who it is at this point. It's Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use that promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. Estate and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Good way to help the pod out. Uh, So anyway, use the promo code RANT. So let's talk about it. First and foremost, the Atlanta Falcons closed their facility today, causing the collective fantasy public to pee their pants. Uh, Ultimately, though, I think it is much ado about nothing. This was a precautionary measure. There was a positive test among a coach, an assistant coach today. Positive test caused them to close the facility. Now, they were already escalated. Uh, So with the Falcons, they did earlier in the week have Marlon Davidson, defensive tackle, go to the reserve COVID-19 list after a positive test. So the NFL put in the intensive protocol. So some of the the aspects to it include players wearing gloves at all times, players wearing masks at all times when they're on the practice field, everybody wearing masks on the practice field, all meetings being virtual, all of that stuff. So intensive protocols. They were already in place. The Falcons basically trying to nip this in the bud, and they could have been back in the building this afternoon. Uh, and I'm recording it in the afternoon. So they you know, they could have technically been in back as I'm recording this, but they're going to wait until tomorrow. So I have no doubt as of right now that this Minnesota game is going to play. Uh, so that's good. The Le'Veon Bell news is pretty interesting, though, because, uh, well, earlier today, Adam Schefter this morning, he tweeted out that the Raiders, Dolphins, and Patriots were calling the Jets about acquiring Bell before he was released. Obviously, they probably lowballed it, and the Jets are like, nah, we'll just release him. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want your 2027 seventh-round pick, <laughs> conditional seventh-round pick, Bill Belichick, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, anyway, he's out, um, but we did actually get some word from Jeremy Fowler, uh, who actually used to cover the Steelers' beat, so he's pretty plugged in, and I'm sure he's got some good sources here. The Bell did narrow his choices down. The Dolphins are on that list. The Bills are on that list. The Chiefs are on that list. Now, yesterday on the podcast, I did speculate about the Dolphins and Bills as potential landing spots, so that makes a lot of sense. The Chiefs, whew, yeah, not optimal if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, here's what I think. 
I think there is a widespread perception in the NFL right now that Le'Veon Bell is more of a complimentary player than a true three-down workhorse. He's not the guy he was earlier in his career. I think bringing him in for the Chiefs is actually not a bad idea. Now, it's a terrible thing for fantasy football purposes to to inject that confusion into the mix for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I don't think Edwards-Alaire's value is going to go down significantly uh, as a result of this, so I wouldn't worry too much there. It's more or less, hey, this seems in a Super Bowl window yet again. They are obviously, if not the favorite, one of the favorites, right? I mean, I know they're coming off a loss to the Raiders, but hey, you know what? It's... Super Bowl champion teams lose games. I mean, it just happens, right? Anyway, they just don't lose in January and February, right? That's that's the thing. So they're in that window, bringing in a much more capable backup than what they have in Daryl Williams makes sense. Uh, also makes sense for Le'Veon Bell. You want to win a Super Bowl here? Here's your opportunity. I don't know. So that's where we are. Uh, with that, of course, I'll probably have more information on tomorrow's podcast for all of that. Uh, one other quick note, on my XM show today, every Thursday I have Adam Kaplan on the show, and he's an NFL insider, so he has sources inside various teams. One of those teams he's very plugged in with is the Philadelphia Eagles because he lives in the Philadelphia area. And he did tell me on the show today uh, that you know somebody closely associated with the team told him that Travis Fulgham is going to be the starting X-wide receiver going forward. Why is that significant? Not only is it significant for Fulgham, meaning essentially he's going to have fantasy value going forward, that's the position Alshon Jeffrey plays. In other words, if you still have Alshon Jeffrey on your roster, probably worth cutting him. Now, Kaplan did note, Fulgham's obviously got to play good to keep the job, but the job is now his. You picked him up. Good on you. Now, of course, he will face the Ravens this week. Not maybe the best matchup, but not actually a terrible matchup either. I will say that uh, based on the wide receiver cornerback matchups tool, which you can get at FTNFantasy.com. You can also get it at FTNDaily.com. It's really a mid-pack matchup based on the rating system, our proprietary rating system over at FTN. So that's at least good news there. You know, very good news if you picked him up. This guy went for 35% in one of my home leagues. By the way, I should throw that out there. I'm glad I said that because I keep getting this question. and I I, want to make sure that there's no confusion here. So when we talk about waivers and I say 30% or I say 20% or I say 10%, people will ask me, well, is that of what you have remaining? No, no, it's just based on, just to keep it simple, because I don't know what you have remaining. So I'm not going to say like, hey, if you only have 20% of your original budget remaining, like you only have 20 bucks, I'm not going to be like, no, only spend 10% of that, which would be $2, right? It's 10% overall, which now we're talking 10 bucks. So you're actually spending 50% of what you have remaining, but it's really related to the original budget. So that's, it just keeps things very simple that way. Uh, So I do get that question a lot. It's not what you have remaining. It's your original budget. That's what the fab recommendations are, uh, both on the podcast and in my articles. All right? Good question, though. Definitely good question. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these wide receiver cornerback matchup upgrades and downgrades for uh, week six. It is weird being on a Thursday and and not having to kind of rush through to get to (laughs) 
Thursday night football. There's no Thursday night football this week. So actually kind of a relief. I, I, I would love it if the NFL kind of did this maybe once a year, uh, you know, once a month or so where it's like, all right, we don't have a Thursday game. You guys can exhale for a minute. They won't. <laughs> of course they won't. But not, not the worst thing in the world here this week, especially after a weird week with a Tuesday football game. But anyway, let's talk about the upgrades. Of course, I am using wide receiver cornerback matchups data that you can get in the wide receiver cornerback matchups tool, ftnfantasy.com. In terms of some upgrades this week, I love DeAndre Hopkins this week. He's facing Dallas. And really, it's kind of twofold because it's you have DeHop coming back the down week in week four, then just bouncing back in a big way. The ankle looked fine last week, and now he gets this Dallas secondary. You know, Daryl Worley, Trayvon Diggs, Jordan Lewis, they're allowing a 70% catch rate, five touchdowns scored in their coverage. I mean, it's just a beautiful matchup. And it's Kyler Murray going back to, to Jerry World. He is 5-0 and in that building. Um, has not played there as a pro, but uh, played there a bunch in high school. You know, won some championships there. So this will be fun. This will definitely be fun. Uh, and it's a big-time upgrade for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I, I also think I should say this because I tweeted out something about this week being an upgrade for him and a downgrade for another player, player I'm going to get to in a minute. When I talk about these upgrades and downgrades, I am talking to two distinct audiences that sometimes there's maybe overlap in, but we know very well there's very different mindsets. You know, in terms of Hopkins upgrade, downgrade, it it doesn't matter in season long, does it? Like, even if he had... Even if he was facing Deion Sanders in his prime, you're still starting him every week. But if he's facing Deion Sanders in his prime, you want nothing to do with him in DFS, right? So we have to always keep that in mind. It's not like this is just a flat set of advice for both formats. Same thing with the second player here. Calvin Ridley's a start automatic in season-long fantasy football, but in DFS this week, yeah, love him. Love him. Got back on track last week after another player who had a down week four. Week four was a weird week. Definitely was. He um, is going to benefit because I don't think Julio Jones plays. Julio Jones didn't practice yesterday, so doesn't look good for Julio Jones. And you look at the Minnesota secondary, they're going to be overmatched here. They, um, especially when Ridley lines up against Cameron Dantzler, so Dantzler, maybe he ends up being a good pro in the long term, but he's struggling as a rookie, which happens a lot to corners. He's allowed three touchdowns in his coverage, 74% catch rate. So this has the makings of a potentially very explosive game for Calvin Ridley. Likewise, on the other side, I mean, Adam Thielen, yeah, he's an every week start in season-long fantasy football, but DFS, absolutely upgrade. Justin Jefferson, now here's where the advice sort of pl- applies across the board. Maybe there are weeks where you don't want to start Justin Jefferson. This is not one of those weeks. This is a week where you absolutely want to start him in season long, and they both deserve consideration, obviously, in DFS for some pretty heavy ownership. Uh, You look at the outside corners for Atlanta in particular. Isaiah Oliver, A.J. Terrell, they are burnt toast this season. Oliver is one of just three corners to allow four receiving scores in his coverage. If you're keeping track at home, that's nearly one per game. <laughs> that's that's a lot. And then Terrell, uh, he did miss some time due to a positive COVID test, right? He was on the COVID reserve list for a little bit, but he's allowed 11 of 12 targets to be caught. So, giddy up. 
I love Allen Robinson this week against the Panthers. They're very friendly to opposing number ones. We've seen big games for Mike Evans, for Keenan Allen, for Calvin Ridley. So really good for Allen Robinson there. I love Devontae Parker this week, upgrading him in season long, obviously, as well. I really think he has asserted himself and established himself as that clear number one. And when you look at the opposite side, this is really good. Pierre Desir is another one of those corners who allow, who has allowed four re- receiving scores, and he is allowing an 80% catch rate. <laughs> so basically throw it at him, and it's almost definitely going to be caught, and it's probably going to go for a touchdown, <laughs> pretty much. I don't mind the other side of this as well. Jamison Crowder, he's the best player on the team at offensively, maybe overall. And, and that's not – I mean, think about that. He's the best player on that team. Yikes. Sorry, Jets fans. Not a knock on Jamison Crowder. Good football player. But should Jamison Crowder be the best player on your team? I don't know. Food for thought. The Dolphins slot corner Nick Needham. This is the guy who we want to go after. Opposing receivers averaging 15.6 yards per catch. That's a huge number for a slot corner. I'm just going to say that. Huge number. So, like how this sets up for Jamison Crowder. All right, so I alluded to it earlier. The player who... I said has a downgrade, and now people get angry on Twitter. Imagine this. People get angry on Twitter. (laughs) Is Devontae Adams. Now, when you say this, of course we're not freaking saying to sit him in season-long fantasy football. Come on. Of course not. Get off your freaking high horse, man. Of course we're not saying that. But in DFS, does it make sense to potentially fade him here? I don't mind it. Yes, he's going to see heavy volume, but here's the thing. He's going to be shadowed. Carlton Davis is going to shadow him, and you may not know Carlton Davis just yet, you know, but this kid is a rising star. Not quite a household name, but so far this year, he's had some very tough assignments in shadow coverage. He's allowing 10.7 yards per catch, so he's keeping everything in front of him. Yes, it may be a high-volume game. Yeah, this this could be one of those games where Devontae Adams has 9-10 catches, but does he have 9-10 catches for 90 yards? I mean, I guess that's okay, it's certainly fine in, in season-long fantasy football, but are you going to pay up for Devontae Adams for, for that kind of a stat line? I don't know if it's worth it. So it's a downgrade. It's a downgrade for A.J. Brown this week. I love what we saw at him getting back on the field, but here's the problem. He's going to see a shadow as well. Bradley Roby's going to shadow him. He's shadowed every week this season. He hasn't been a shutdown corner, but keeping it in front of him, right? 8.7 yards per catch. He's going to be all over A.J. Brown in this game. Mike Evans gets a downgrade. Another guy. And so A.J. Brown, by the way, for season-long, you know, back-end wide receiver two, okay, uh, for DFS, yeah, fade him. Fade him. Mike Evans, possible fade. Now, there's going to be a lot of confusion out there because I know a lot of times when people think of Green Bay, they immediately go, Jair Alexander. But here's the problem. Jair Alexander is five foot ten. So typically, if there's an opposing number one who is a big dude, which... Mike Evans, yeah, checked my notes. He checks that box. <laughs> he uh, is a big dude. So usually in those situations, what they do is they use Kevin King, which is still not an easy matchup. So it's a bit of a downgrade. King allowing a 61% catch rate. 4.3 targets per game thrown into his coverage. So that's a relatively no- low number right there. Uh, Bob Woods. Again, another guy season long, sure, start him. DFS, maybe fade him. 
The last two weeks, we've seen Jason Verrett shadow for the 49ers. And I do tell you, I'm really happy Jason Verrett is on the field and healthy. This is a guy for a while couldn't stay healthy. And it's a shame because he's a good football player. They've had to use him and sort of force their hand with all these injuries. But I do think that it there's a distinct possibility we see Robert Woods uh, tracked by Verrett for a good chunk of this game. So that's a downgrade for him. Terry McLaurin should see a shadow as well from James Bradbury. James Bradbury's been really good this year. 54% catch rate on the season, and he's had some tough assignments. So that's saying something right there. McLaurin, a season-long play, but not a DFS play. Uh, The Bengals trio, Boyd, Higgins, A.J. Green. Well, A.J. Green's going to get the worst of this. He's going to see the most of Xavier Rhodes. And I tell you what, I poked fun at Xavier Rhodes last year, and I I mean, maybe he deserved it because the play wasn't that good on the field, but I'm going to give him a shout-out here, man. He's been good. He's been really good. So that's that another week where A.J. Green, the frustrations continue. Uh, if he the hamstring is good, by the way. T. Higgins is enough of a downgrade that I'm fading him in DFS and fading him in season-long. Tyler Boyd, going to fade him in DFS, but here's the thing with Boyd. In season-long, his ranking for me is going to hover typically between mid-range wide receiver two and mid-range wide receiver three, depending on the matchup, right? This is a bad matchup, so he moves down to that mid-range wide receiver three territory, which means he's still playable in season long. T.Y. Hilton also gets a tough matchup on the other side of that contest. I think he's trending up after last week. I know a lot of people might disagree with me, but 10 targets would say otherwise. However, he's going to see his fair share of William Jackson the third, and he's allowed a 62% catch rate so far this season. So not the best matchup here for T.Y. Hilton. I don't know if we're going to rely on T.Y. this week. All right, you want the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, you get it at ftnfantasy.com, ftndaily.com, my write-up over at ftndaily.com with all of this information, and use the promo code RATPACK uh, to get yourself 10% off. We are planning something because we did officially top the 1K mark in Apple uh, podcast reviews, so... Shout out to everybody who reviewed us. We're going to do something special here uh, shortly. So that is coming. It is on the horizon. I told you we're going to celebrate. We're going to freaking celebrate, baby. Uh, So that's coming up. I'll have an announcement there shortly. But that doesn't mean we can't keep reviewing the darn podcast, man. Because that's a great way to to help this this show out. Help us continue to grow and help us continue to do what we want to do here. So uh, anyway, if you could, um, if you haven't already... Stop by Apple iTunes, uh, the podcast, whatever they're calling it now, Apple Podcast, and review the podcast for me. The easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way, I know you're a listener of the show. All right, tomorrow we're going to break down every single game from a matchup standpoint. It's going to be fun, baby. There's a lot of games this weekend. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. Uh, Andy Dalton really doesn't hurt his value that much. Robbie Anderson, he's the number one in Carolina. I'm sorry it took us so long to figure that out, but nothing's changing there. He's the number one. Terry McLaurin against the Giants at 14. I'm not quite so sure James Bradbury shadows him. Uh, Bradbury oftentimes shadowing bigger bodied receivers. So I don't know if they do that. 
But uh, even if they do, it doesn't really matter. He's still a wide receiver, too. Will Fuller at 15. Devontae Parker at 16. I like the matchup for him this week. Marquise Brown at 17. A big game is brewing for him. I don't know when it happens, but it could be against Philly. Philly, even, even though their secondary is a little better, they've been known to give up the occasional big game. Uh, after Marquise Brown, DJ Chark, he was shadowed by Bradley Roby last week. That put a damper on his fantasy outlook, but he's still the number one there. DJ Moore sliding back a little bit, but at 19, still a wide receiver too. Justin Jefferson gets an upgrade this week against Atlanta. Oh, B.J., tough matchup, but he's a wide receiver too. A.J. Brown should get that Bradley Roby shadow this week, but man, did he look good on Tuesday night, didn't he? Juju. At 24, Jamison Crowder at 25, and Tyler Boyd, very similar player to Jamison Crowder at 26. Chase Claypool has moved all the way up to 27 in my rankings. I am buying in on it for now as wide receiver three. I mean, yes, that was an enormous game. That was a career game. We don't expect those games all ever again. I was going to say all the time. I mean, maybe ever again, but, but still, he has definitely the genies out of the bottle, and they have to get him on the field. Darius Slayton at... 28. Julian Edelman at 29. He's going to benefit from Cam being back on the field, so that's good there. Uh, Chris Godwin, I currently ranked at 30, and that's just one of those statement rankings like, hey, pay attention. Don't just plan for him to be in, but also don't overlook him, and we'll adjust throughout the week. LaVisca Chenault trending up at 31. Jarvis at 32. T.Y. Hilton, I'm not giving up on him just yet at 33. That was nice volume last week. T. Higgins with A.J. Green banged up at 34. 35 is McCole Hardman with no Sammy Watkins this week. And to round out the top 36, Brandon Cooks. (laughs) Ah, Brandon Cooks. One week a goose egg, another week a front-end wide receiver one. Ah, Brandon Cooks. Anyway, let's move over to tight end. The rankings at tight end are shifting dramatically. Not at the top. Because it's still the same guys. It's still Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews. But at number four this week, I have Jonu Smith. I love the red zone usage. Love the upside out of Jonu Smith. At five, I have TJ Hawkinson. I think the Hawkinson thing is going to really start to pick up some momentum here. Mike Gesicki, speaking of building momentum at six. At seven, Zach Ertz. I'm not throwing in the towel on him just yet. The volume's still there, and I don't want to overlook the entire body of work. Evan Ingram trending up at eight. Eric Ebron trending up at nine. Bob Tanyan at 10. Dalton Schultz, 11. Noah Fant, 12. So here are the players who are trending down. Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, even Gronkowski to some extent. Uh, they're trending down for me. Here are guys who are trending up. Gerald Everett, now only at 25, but trending in the right direction. Irv Smith, having ranked at 19 this week, so trending up big time. Austin Hooper, have ranked at 13, trending up big time. The position is shifting. There are a lot of guys in the top 12 this week who were not into top, in the top 12 for me heading into the season, and I will tell you the one position that I, I really weight matchups the least is tight end. It has the least, you know, least factor in in my rankings. It's really it's really about volume and especially red zone work because they have to, they have to score touchdowns to be freaking relevant. That's the way that stupid tight ends work. <laughs> I kid on I love my tight ends. I just hate my tight end scoring. Anyway, you want these rankings, you want the projections, you want all the tools, all of the goodness. 
You can get that over at ftnfantasy.com and uh, use the promo code RATPACK. Get you 10% off on all of that right there. Keep reviewing the show on iTunes. I appreciate everybody who has done it already. Uh, we're, we have something cooking there. Don't worry about that. But if you haven't reviewed the show already, the easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the Apple Podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and that's it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, wide receiver cornerbacks for you tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.